Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Easy Conversations podcast, a podcast about having easy conversations. I'm your host, Furkan Dandia. I'm really excited to share another solo episode with everyone this week. I find this time of the year can be difficult for many people, whether they're in a relationship or not. This time of the year is very external focused, and I find most of us lose sight of the love we need to give ourselves. Now, I talk quite a bit about self-love, and the reason why I do that is because it's something I, well, it took me a while to figure out, and it's a journey I embarked on a couple years ago. It's something that I still work on. And it's something I believe I will need to work on for the rest of my life. And it's like any journey, there are ups and downs. There are days where I make mistakes or I miss the mark. And I use those as opportunities to recalibrate. And that's what I love about this journey because it's not something I figured out and it just keeps on going. I don't know where it's going to end up, but I know because I'm committed to it and I'm working at it every day, it's going to lead somewhere beautiful. And as part of this journey, I also ended up writing a book, which is coming out in April. I'm really excited to share that with everyone. And I will share a poem I wrote about self-love and I'll read it out for this episode but it will also be in the book. So here it is. Love is magical and powerful, yet such a mystery. Seeking it from others and chasing it are history. External validation and acceptance becomes our pursuit. We lose ourselves and forget how to be astute. The chase leads to anger and resentment. Ironically, it is within us to find contentment. Love yourself first so you can love another. Sounds so cliche, yet so hard to deliver. What does it even look like, one must ask. How can I love myself when I wear a mask? Ha, huh, so there it is. We hide it from our insecurities. There it begins, lying to ourselves our source of calamities. Breaking this chain and pattern seems insurmountable. For it is all we have ever known. How do we become capable? To deal with the childhood incidents that led to this narrative. Facing the fear of rejection and abandonment is our prerogative. In our lives to change the pattern and behavior, for loving ourselves and healing is the savior. Healing means we forgive ourselves for our past, so we can let go and move forward at last. The present then becomes about the gift and the now. Gratitude being the key to acceptance is the how. Validate yourself through practicing kindness, maintaining humility in the process of stillness. Face the fear of being alone in discomfort, for growth and transformation comes through effort. Start today so you can stop pretending. Self-love is a beautiful journey that is never ending. So today I wanted to share six things that I believe can help us with self-love and can often 
act as blockers. Now, I don't expect everything I'm going to share today to land, but what I'm hoping for is that this episode gives people the opportunity to start a conversation, whether you want to reach out to me, uh, which I always love when people reach out to me and want to talk about these things, or I'm hoping you can have a conversation with your family members, your friends, your loved ones, and your significant others. Or you can even use some of the things I share to reflect on and see how you feel about them and whether or not things come up for you. Now, the six things I'm going to talk about today are expectations, comparisons, solitude, connection, forgiveness, and humility. So I'll start with expectations first, because I think that expectations are something we place on ourselves every day, right from when we wake up, we have expectations about our employer. We have expectations about our family members, about our loved ones, about our friends, about our significant others. We have expectations of ourselves. We have expectations around uh, the outcomes and everything we do, there's a certain expectation. And it's just the way we get wired early on in life, like from childhood. We see it role modeled by our parents. We are even asked at an early age, what do we want to do with our lives? And immediately we set an expectation. Now, I've said this before too, there's nothing wrong with expectations because you should have something to work towards or have certain expectations of things, but it's how we feel when those expectations aren't met. And it can be problematic at times to even have expectations of other people because we're often projecting something onto them in terms of how they should behave, how they should act towards us, how they should respond to the things we do or say to them. So that's where I believe expectations can be a slippery slope. And I'm not trying to suggest that we shouldn't have expectations, like I said, but it's being mindful of them. And for me, what I've realized is when I place an expectation on someone else and it's not met, in the past, it would upset me. And sometimes it still happens even now. And it's allowed me to look inward in terms of, okay, well, where are these expectations coming from and why am I placing them? And sometimes I find that because I treat someone a certain way, I expect them to give me the same in return. And I think that's also problematic because if I'm choosing to act a certain way, whether I believe it to be right or wrong, and in most cases I'm treating people in a way that I feel is right, that is completely on me. I can't expect the same from another person. And that's where I think, again, we set ourselves up for failure when we expect those things in return. 
So what I really want to do around expectations is get you to think about what are the expectations you set, not only for yourself on a daily basis, but everyone else or life in general. And then how do you feel when those expectations aren't met? What is some of the internal dialogue that's going on when things don't go as we hope they would? And how are you able to navigate through those situations? Now, for me, a lot of it has become with or come with the idea of letting go. And I know that sounds cliche. Um, and, you know, a lot of people will say, what does that even mean? What does letting go mean? And I think for me, the way I start looking at it is just accepting things as they happen. So even if I have an expectation and things don't go according to that expectation, it's letting go of that thing in the moment and accepting it for what it is. So I'll give you an example. So I've planned an entire weekend and something changes last minute. Now I've planned this whole weekend around this one thing that just changed and my expectation hasn't been met. Now, it's okay to be upset about it. It's okay to feel all those emotions. And I tend to give myself that space to feel everything that comes up, but it's accepting what's happened now and, and moving forward from that. And I think in the past, what would happen for me was I would get stuck on the idea that this thing doesn't didn't happen as I planned and then everything is ruined and um, and sitting in that mindset and um, just letting it consume me. So that is something I want to to kind of share around expectations and get people to think about all the expectations that you set for yourself. So it's understanding what are the messages that come up for us when those expectations aren't being met and really focusing on how we can practice more acceptance when things don't go according to plan. How can we be kind to ourselves in those moments? Next thing is comparisons. And this one's a tricky one too, because again, especially in today's world with social media, it's hard not to compare because everyone is sharing the best part of their life. Now, there's a lot of people who have started sharing even some of the, the um, not so great part of their lives, whether it's dealing with mental health or some serious challenges that people encounter on a daily basis. But again, there's this idea of sharing it on social media without, and we only see a fraction of the story. We don't have the full context. We don't have all the knowledge. There's so much missing there, but it's so easy to compare. We'll see someone with a nice car or a great job or a wonderful partner and immediately we'll compare and try to pick out all the areas where we're falling short. And we don't have the entire story. We don't know what this person might be dealing with. Maybe one aspect of their life is great in our mind, but we don't know everything else that they might be struggling with. And that's why, again, I think comparisons 
can be a problem. Now, I think the only comparison we should be making in my mind is comparing ourselves to our past version. So if we're trying to grow and improve and develop ourselves, this is where comparisons can be good because we can compare ourselves to the past version of us and see whether or not we are making the differences that or changes we set our, set out for ourselves. So in that case, I think comparisons can be helpful because then we're comparing ourselves to our past version. And it's also considering the comparisons we make. Why do we compare ourselves to others? In what areas are we comparing ourselves to others? And how does that make us feel? And again, it comes back to being kinder and being humble. And humility is something we will talk about later. But again, this is that area I want people to focus on when it comes to comparisons. The next thing I wanted to talk about was solitude. And that is something I struggled with probably the most when I started this journey. But once I got comfortable with it, it was powerful. I, being an extroverted person, I always felt the need to be out and around people. And that's where I got my energy from. And it was very difficult for me to be sitting at home, not doing anything. Now, the occasional time I'd be fine watching TV or a movie for that matter. But I really struggled with sitting in stillness or being in solitude. And it took me a while. I, and it wasn't even intentional. It just something that I started doing slowly and started recognizing how much I enjoyed it. It really gave me an opportunity to reflect, to think about things. And it also allowed me to improve my journaling practice because in those moments of solitude, I was really able to reflect and write down everything that was going on and just do a complete brain dump. And now I find like I really enjoy that part of my day. And if there are times when I'm out and I can feel my energy levels being depleted, especially depending on who I am out with or where I'm at. So that was definitely a powerful shift to kind of seeking that space of solitude. And that is, I think it's important for from a, an aspect of self-love because that is time we're giving to ourselves to rest, to relax, to kind of get our energy levels back. And it's so important. And there are so many people I talk to who really struggle with this because they are very much like I was where they find it uncomfortable or difficult to sit in that space of stillness. And Part of it is because we have so many thoughts that are being generated in our head and are coming up. And a lot of people struggle with that. And that's, there's obviously a lot of research behind it too, in terms of the amount of thoughts that come up in our head. But through this practice of solitude, I've been able to 
have space for those thoughts, recognizing that they are not who I am. They are just clouds that are floating by and it's recognizing that I'm paying attention to those thoughts, but I'm not getting attached to them and I'm not buying into every thought that comes through my head. So it's been a cool practice to kind of sit in solitude and just observe, observe those thoughts and take the time to reflect on my day, how I'm feeling, how certain situations make me feel and what my intentions are every day and where I would like to focus my attention. And I wasn't doing that before because I wasn't taking that deliberate planned time to sit alone and focus on all those things. So that's another area I would like people to think about whether or not you sit in solitude and what does that space even look like for you when you do? What are the things that you're doing? Are you just distracting yourself or actually you're sitting there intentionally with the practice of being alone or, or being in sol solitude? So it's really important. And like I said, I don't think a lot of people make it a priority. So that is another thing I would like to share. The next thing I would like to talk about is connection. And it's so important. It's something that comes up a lot in my conversations with people in my men's group or even my friends outside of that. And we talk about connection because people really struggle with it. We, we are social beings and we want connection. We need connection, but not everyone pays a lot of attention to the type of connection we're seeking. Now, if we don't have healthy connections, often we will seek unhealthy connection. Now that shows up in the form of addiction, sex, porn, uh, or, or any habits that are not good for us. So around connection, what I want people to think about is what kind of connection do you have with yourself? And this kind of feeds into the whole idea of solitude that I just talked about. But what kind of connection do you have with yourself? And think about it and reflect on it. And also think about the types of connections you have outside of yourself. Like who are the people that you spend time with? What are the things that you do? So it's really important to pay attention to those things because a lot of the times on a subconscious level, we're just out there seeking connection and we don't know why we're engaging in certain behaviors. For me, connection is very, very important. Even with a lot of my friendships, first of all, I've really focused on limiting my friendships and focusing on the friendships that I truly, truly value. And there's something deeper there. We're just not hanging out or gossiping or just doing things that we're not happy about or proud of after the fact. So it's very intentional for me. And a lot of my interactions now, I prefer to do one-on-one -on -one with my friends. Uh, I feel that that is when I learn a lot about my friends. I'm able to listen to them. I'm more present and I feel the same from them. And we're able to have 
vulnerable conversations. We're able to talk about the things that matter. We're able to share our struggles or things that are happening in our life. And in the past, I didn't have those types of connections. I was just, because I was focused on surrounding myself with people, I didn't care who these people were or what kind of conversations we're having. So again, connection is very important. Like I said, we're social beings. We all need and desire connection, but it's becoming more cognizant of the types of connections we're creating and focusing on those. Now, not everyone has to have one-on-one -on -one time with their friends or family members, but think about how present you are when you are spending time with the people you care about or the people you love. And that could be a telltale in terms of how you can prioritize those get togethers. So again, just something I wanted to share and put out there when it comes to connection, but I believe it's important and it, the connections we create in our lives, not only with ourselves, but other people that are important in our lives can also impact the type of love we're giving ourselves. If we are connecting with people that are not good for our soul, we're going to walk away from that interaction, not feeling good. And that's the biggest thing I realized is because of the effort and the, the, uh, importance I've put on the connections I have now, I always walk away from those interactions feeling so much better, whether it's something I've learned about myself, about my friends or my loved ones, whether it's something they shared or something I shared. It's so beautiful. And like I said, I always walk away feeling better because it's good for my soul. The next thing I like to shift my focus to is forgiveness. And forgiveness is so crucial for for self-love because it holds us back if we haven't forgiven. And sometimes it's not only forgiveness for other people, but it's also for ourselves because quite often we will blame ourselves for letting things happen to us. And we need to change that mindset. It's not that we let things happen to us. It's just, we just didn't know better. And through those experiences, we can learn more. We can have compassion for ourselves and others. And that's why I think forgiveness is so important because if we haven't forgiven, we're remaining stuck. And as part of this journey, I uh, read a book by David Hawkins called Letting Go, The Pathway to Surrender. And in that book, he talks about these energy levels or he shares a map of consciousness. And when we're in the lower energy states, whether it's anger, despair, it's hard for us to move into that state of love. And that's where forgiveness makes its appearance as a bridge. By forgiving, we're able to move up through those lower states of anger and despair into love, peace, and joy. And there's this, I think people struggle with forgiveness and myself included because part of us thinks we're letting other people off the hook. And it's not that we're letting other people off the hook. I think it's 
we're really releasing ourselves. We're giving ourselves freedom to move on. And sometimes these people can be in our lives or they've been long gone. But that forgiveness is really for us. And even when we forgive ourselves and we stop blaming ourselves, we're able to love ourselves even more. And I think forgiveness is something we can practice on a daily basis because there are things that happen to us daily that are that can remain stuck and are hard to let go. And I think forgiveness is probably the most difficult thing I've experienced personally. I don't know about others, but it is that it is easier to sit in resentment and be angry at others. And I think a lot of it comes back to what I had mentioned earlier around expectations. It's because of these expectations that often we get upset and it's hard for us to forget people. Or we just can't believe people would do certain things. But we have to look at it that our, from the fact that our perspective is also limited. There's more than multiple perspectives in any given situation. We don't know the whole story at times. We only see it from our distorted view of the world. And I constantly have to remind myself that that maybe other people see things differently and even if they don't that I think is really their own thing to figure out so what I would encourage you to do as part of this journey or listening to this episode think about the people you have to forgive and a lot of the people I work with I see that too where the forgiveness or lack of it is holding them back and you don't necessarily have to tell the person directly that you forgive them. Sometimes a letter can do, sometimes just saying it out loud by yourself can be sufficient, but it's just practicing that can be very helpful and then sticking with it. I've had to forgive people multiple times for the same thing. And anytime I feel that resentment come up, it's a opportunity for me to sit down and journal about it and go through that process of forgiveness. Now, the last thing I wanted to talk about was humility and why is humility important for self-love? Well, I think humility is important in many aspects. It keeps us grounded. It is a good practice to constantly be humble and recognize that we don't have all the answers. We will make mistakes and that's part of life. That is part of this journey I've been talking about that life is full of lessons. And when we remain humble, we are open to receiving information, to feedback, to making mistakes and not getting stuck. And for me, the way I'm able to make that connection with love is being humble is a way of me showing myself love. Because if I make a mistake and I have that humility, I'm able to get over it and I'm able to extract the lessons from that experience. It also allows me to approach every situation with this openness that I don't have all the answers. 
um, even when I'm talking to other people or I'm approaching different situations, this aspect of humility continues to tie it back into forgiveness as well. When we're humble, we can recognize that we're all flawed and then it's easier for us to forgive people. But humility is, is really at the central part of this whole aspect because it applies to everything. You know, if, if we maintain humility in our expectations, in our comparisons, when we are seeking connections, when we are in solitude, and when we are forgiving, we have to maintain that level of humility. And humility also allows us to keep a level head on this journey because this journey never ends. And having that mindset allows us to continue to learn and progress forward. And when we're maintaining that humility, like I said earlier, we can compare ourselves to past versions of ourselves and see the progress we're making. So yeah, so those are the six things I wanted to share. Um, I do want to share a couple more things here. And recently I had someone who's become a really good friend of mine ask me whether or not I get tired. And that's because he constantly sees me doing things, always exercising. So he was just asking about my energy levels and I didn't really have an answer to that in the moment. But when I reflected on it a bit more, I realized why I have this abundance of energy and why I'm always up to do anything inspiring or challenge myself. And it's something I alluded to earlier with the maps of consciousness that David Hawkins talks about. And I think it's I've become more aware of my energy states and I do still get angry at times. I do feel despair. There are fears at times. Um, there is pride as well. And anytime I'm operating in that state, because I've tried to be more aware, I try to pull myself out of those states and pull myself back into love peace and joy. And a lot of the times that love comes through compassion, whether it's for myself or other people. And that is why I believe I'm able to have this abundance of energy because I'm trying my best to operate in those states of love and joy and share that with everyone, everyone I meet. And that's my goal. One of the things that have stood out to me a lot around this whole self-love piece is something that uh, I had a podcast guest, uh, Zach Blakeney, said that really stuck with me. And he said something like, we are all chosen, but only some of us choose. And that's so profound because we all are loved. We are all loved and we're on this earth and We've been chosen for a reason, but only some of us are able to choose. And for me, I apply that choice to love. And some of us struggle with that. Some of us are not able to love ourselves. So I really want to leave that with you in terms of, you know, the fact that we're all chosen and it's coming back to the whole notion of giving love to others. It's really about shifting that attention inward because if our cup is not full, if we haven't been able to love ourselves, 
then we're not going to be able to love others. The love we're going to show others will be conditional, conditional based on how we see things. But when we've loved ourselves, we can openly receive love from others as well. And that's why I want to leave you with this quote from Robin Sharma, who's one of my favorite authors. And this thing that he says, or this quote is very profound for me. He said, it is only when you have mastered the art of loving yourself that you can truly love others. It is only when you have opened your own heart that you can touch the heart of others. So yes, I hope you get a lot out of this episode. Like I said, I don't expect everything to land, but I hope there's some things that you can take out of this. And at the most, it can start a conversation. And I would love to hear from you, or if you want to have these conversations with the people in your lives, that would be amazing too. But I'm hoping these are some things you can take back and think about. And as always, I really appreciate everyone's support, everyone that tunes in every week to listen to these episodes. The solo ones are really hard to do and nerve-wracking, but I really enjoy doing them because it allows me to put a lot more thought into them. So thank you again. And until next week.